The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Tonight on the program, we're going to talk about relationships, how your relationship is faring during the uh, pandemic. We're almost close to pretty much a year. It'll be a year and a couple of months, so 10 months of this. And uh, I mean, I'm seeing the effects in my practice, lots of couples requesting help, which is a good thing. But I'm wondering from you, uh, there's other studies that that are also showing that some couples are actually doing better. So I want to hear from you. Has this, has the pandemic done something good for your relationship or do you feel it has uh, been hurtful to your relationship? So we'll talk about that uh, coming up after 10.15, but first. Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. So you can always send me your emails, your questions, your comments, your letters to Lori at drlaurie.com. And I have a couple of emails I want to share. Some are follow-ups. Uh, bonjour, Dr. Lori. I want to say to you that you said the correct words to the lady with the husband that is a cheater for three times. She actually wrote us a follow-up email, which I'll share. Uh, she did the correct move to end her marriage. The men are the men, and it is not good. Most think with their penis more than their brain. I'm not sure I totally agree with that. Uh, I think men cheat for the sex the most, and the women who cheat do it more for the attention. That I, yes. I think one time my brother was cheating on his girlfriend, and she's my friend, and I told him he has no respect. He tells me nothing happened, but only he knows the truth. I listen to you, and I like passion, and I tell friends of your show. My friend in Toronto listens on the internet and likes you very much also. So thank you. That's from Jojo. Thank you. Appreciate that. And then a follow-up. Thank you very much for your reassuring words last night. My daughter stayed with me all night. And while I was asleep, she took a call from my husband and told me everything she told him. As, as much as she loves her father, she told him it's over and it's best he accept it. I spoke to the other woman today. She called to ask how I was doing, told me he called her a few times, never took his calls and she blocked him. I'm doing better this evening. No more tears. I was thinking cheating and reasons for cheating would be a great subject for the Baby Boomer Show. Thank you so very much. Um, well, it's actually a good topic just to talk about on the program in general. We talk about it regularly, so maybe it is time to do a show on infidelity. What do you think? 514-800, if you uh, have any questions you want to send my way right here, right now, or any comments that you have, feel free to do so. Uh, I love wearing women's clothing from panties and skirts. My girlfriend has no problem with it, but since I've been with her, I got her a strap-on so she can, I won't use the language he uses, so she can uh, penetrate my butt. And I really, really do love it. I crave something in my butt all the time. And if I don't have anything in it, I myself rubbing my butthole to somewhat satisfy me. And I also have fantasies about transgenders, being with them and craving um, penises to touch and to have sex with, etc. I do play with mine also. <laughs> Some of these are a little bit vulgar in the writing, but so I'm trying to clean it up a bit. It's to the point I'll even have sex with a gay guy. 
I've thought about it when I was young in school. I'm 41 now, and I think about it like crazy now. I dreamed about what it would be like to be bisexual. I think I would love it, especially the way I've been craving penis and things in my butt. I really think about it when I'm high or been drinking, red flag, red flag. That seems like the time I have the courage to do it. But the point is when I was younger, I didn't crave it as much as I do now. Thank you for listening to me. So let's talk about uh, sexuality a bit. So sexuality can be fluid, right? In terms of our tastes, our fantasies, our desires, they can change over time. What it sounds like to me is like, you like to feel like the submissive partner. I think we had a similar question that earlier in the week, if I'm not something similar. Um, so that may explain maybe the wearing of the female clothing. It may explain the wanting to be um, penetrated. Wearing female clothing is can be a, a fetishistic, so it's known as transvestism. Basically, some some men um, will like to dress up, and ha- it's not a it's not necessarily to arouse themselves sexually. It just makes them feel good for the moment. They don't want to be women. They just enjoy the feeling of wearing female clothing. And then there are others who get off on it. Who who really get um, aroused uh, by it. As for the wanting the anal play, which you're talking about, that does that alone does not make a person gay or bisexual. There are many nerve endings in your anus. Anal play can be very arousing for all men of all orientations, really. But the thing you say is you, your word is crave. I crave having sex with a man and that you have thought about being bisexual. So maybe you are, and maybe you have not come to terms with it. And maybe this is why it keeps coming back into your mind when you're drinking or, or high or whatever, when your mind is far more relaxed. You also may be what we call bi curious. You're just curious about what it would be like to be penetrated by a real penis. Remember that bisexuality is when we are attracted sexually by both uh, men and women. So it's how one may identify, but it also really talks about the the level, the attraction. And it's not always a 50-50 thing, okay? Uh, somebody writes in my craving for something in, but must frustrate the heck out of his wife because he invalidates her. Well, I don't know uh, why he would be like, why it would mean invalidating her. He's, he's telling her and she seems okay with it, that he, he likes the, the, the anal play. He likes the anal penetration or the feeling it gives him. He wants her to do it. Okay. Except now he's saying he craves maybe exploring it outside of that. And she may not be okay with that for sure. And that's not good for their, um, relationship. But again, he has been able to express to his wife what his desires are or his wants are. And now they have to negotiate together what works. If she was completely opposed to wearing a strap on or hated the feeling of being that kind of, 
like being dominant in that way, then that would be another issue in that, uh, in that relationship. So I don't know if the right word is invalidating her, but I think I I can kind of see where you're coming from there. Coming up, I want to talk about a study that shows that blaming the pandemic could help your relationship. So that's interesting. And I want to hear from you about your relationship. Has this whole 10 months, 11 months of being you know, pretty much locked away, locked up, locked down, whatever you want to call it, in isolation, uh, has it been good for your relationship or has it created more problems in your relationship? on CJD 800. You know, a crisis can bring out both the best and worst in people, right? It can motivate a person to be more caring, proactive, and resourceful, but it can also lead to fear, self-absorption, and volatility. Where do you fit on that spectrum and how has your relationship been affected? I want to hear from you at 514-800. Just a couple of texts that have to do with what we were talking earlier uh, with the uh, the guy and the strap on and the confusion. I think this guy needs a little help to find out what's going on in his head. And I think his girlfriend should look a little closer at him. Yeah, it sounds definitely that they need a little bit of help to figure out what is going on exactly uh, there before the whole thing implodes. Uh, The only time I ever thought about cheating on somebody is when I realized in my mind that if I ever settled with her, I would probably cheat. I know it sounds shallow, but she was gaining lots of weight. Well, I think you're talking about attraction here and, you know, sometimes goes deeper than just the weight, but everything else. So, um, you know, this is a subject we can certainly bring up in the next uh, little while, but I want to share with you, uh, this, this study that was done looking at uh, about 650 Americans who reported on their relationship Uh, before and during the pandemic lockdown. So the initial uh, lockdown, the beginning of it, Uh, despite sheltering in place together while confronting the stress and chaos of the early days of the pandemic, people's overall happiness with their partner, apparently, according to the study, did not suffer. This is in the early stages. So we've already been in it for how many months now? It's... uh, it's 10 months, 10 full months already that we've been in this, right? So I don't know if they redid the same study with the same people, if the answers would change. You can tell me what your your thoughts are uh, on this. But couples who were happy with their relationship before the pandemic stayed that way. And couples who are unhappy, unfortunately, stayed that way too. But relationships, according to the study, didn't just stay the same. One aspect of couples' relationships actually seems to have been improved by the pandemic. The way that people think about and explain their partner's behavior is what researchers call attributions. For example, if your partner snapped at you when you asked if they remembered to take out the trash, do you think this was because they are a selfish jerk or because they had a stressful day today? 
So past research has shown that it is better for your relationship if you blame an external circumstance for your partner's negative behavior. That doesn't mean, obviously, accepting abusive behavior from your partner, but it does mean letting go of like the small stuff, the small transgressions, instead of escalating them. So this research done by Dr. Hannah Williamson found that people were more likely to do this during the pandemic than they were before. They significantly increased the healthy external attributions they made for their partners less than ideal behaviors. In other words, they were blaming the pandemic. The fact that stressors we experience outside of our relationship can spill over and cause us to behave badly in our relationship, of course, has been known for a a very long time. It's been studied, but it can be difficult for couples to recognize this uh, process in their day-to-day lives. This pandemic has had the unexpected positive outcome of helping people acknowledge the effect that stress can have on their partner and be more forgiving of it. So I think, and, and the message here uh, from this author is, as we try, try to move on with our lives, don't let this unexpected positive lesson from the pandemic be forgotten. When your partner gives you the cold shoulder, consider that it may be because they are stressed. It will likely be better for your relationship, and these days, it's probably true. Makes an awful lot of sense. You know, when we're able, when you're you're irritable and your partner's irritable, and instead of being reactive to the to your partner partner's irritation or their snapping, and you say to yourself, okay, it's tough. I know the pandemic is hard on everybody. We're all, you know, my partner's working really long hours or they've got the they have to deal with the kids for a lot longer than usual. I get why they might be snappy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to react, right? I'm not going to react in a defensive mode or in a, in a way that's going to escalate the, uh, the conflict. And I think this is an important message for all of us because we are truly all in this together. Everybody I meet, everybody is going through some form of difficulty, stress, uncertainty, something. So I think giving each other get out of jail free passes, especially when it comes to the way we respond to really mundane things seems a bit over the top. It's normal when we are in a state of stress to for li- the little things to irritate us. Obviously, if you're going to be abusive, that's a whole other story. We could talk about this today because that's a whole other like side thing to the pa- a side pandemic, if you will, of of more abuse, more isolation, and you know, couples who are already in these difficult, difficult situations, even prior to the pandemic, this has really, for some of them, made it so much worse because they have no outside support, no outside help, et cetera. I'm just curious to know from you how it has affected your relationship. I know how it's affected mine. And thankfully, 
for me, it, it's been a positive thing. That doesn't mean that little things can't be annoying and I don't get tired or my partner doesn't get stressed or anything like that, but the way we handle things. For us, it was the 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 joy and the gratitude that we could actually spend more time together than we did pre-pandemic because we had just so, such different schedules that it was hard for us to see each other you know, at, at any point during the day. So most of the time it was, we were like two ships passing in the night. This time we were on the same ship, which was great. Uh, so that was really, like, I was so grateful for that and really enjoyed every moment of that and took advantage uh, of that. So, uh, but again, that's, you know, th th that's my situation. Everybody is in a different, uh, in a different boat. Person writes, there seems like there is collateral damage because of the pandemic. That's very well said. It is It is absolutely collateral damage. Uh, people speak of seniors like they are cannon uh, fodder. I often hear conversations where people say, but they were old. The reality is the elderly are the victims of careless behavior. I apologize that this doesn't really fit the topic. That's okay. It's your uh, you can be upset about this and it is very upsetting to hear, especially, and, and it's funny, you should say this. I heard this not too long ago from a young person, but they're old. And so they are someone's mother, brother, sister, and they are a valued member of the community. Um, what is old? What does that mean? So once you pass a certain age, what is 65, what you expire at a certain age, you have no more living left to do. I think that's unfair, right? Uh, there has been enormous collateral damage mental health wise uh, for individuals, uh, socially for uh, children who are going berserk, not being able to socialize, you know, early in the year, like those early years or those social years, especially the high school kids. Uh, there has been collateral damage regarding relationships. I've heard, unfortunately, one too many stories of separation during uh, the pandemic, which is heartbreaking. It's all—it just adds another uh, complication. So, but but thankfully, also there are all the happier stories. You know, I'm working with a number of couples where I'd been working with them before the pandemic. So they had worked hard and they, they were de they were really committed to making their relationship better. And they used this pa the pandemic and the time that they were together to build more on their relationship, spend more time together. And this strengthened their relationship. So uh, we have to look at, at, um, at both sides. Uh, the pandemic, this person writes, seems to have brought to the forefront of how compatible couples really are. It would be abnormal if every day was just like the Brady Bunch family. Pandemic bringing out the best and worst in couples. I can guess the younger the couple is, the more the issues. The older, longer married find it much less a problem. That's an interesting perspective. And if I think to all the couples that I see and I look at the younger ones versus the older ones, I think you're probably right. So a lot of them that have been together a long a long time have also developed good coping skills together or communication or compromising and things like that. So, um, in terms of compatibility, it's like, can we, can we navigate this 
as a team also it's it's had to put people in a position where they have to really work hard as a team especially if there's kids and the kids were at home and who you know both parents working there's a like so much to juggle that uh having two people juggling the balls in the air is far easier than just having uh one person have to deal with that so absolutely um there's that element too. I want to hear from you. How has your relationship fared? Talk to me about your relationship, better, worse, or the same. It's a little, uh, little survey, better, same, uh, or, uh, or worse. Let me know. And then we'll talk about some of the things that you can keep in mind to, um, to make sure you don't, you don't fall down that, that rabbit hole. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So here's our stupid sex story of the day. These are submitted. I've got an, uh, this one submitted by a listener. So you too can send me your silly, stupid, embarrassing sex story, and we will read it. Uh, you can send it to me via uh, email, lori at drlaurie.com, L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E. Uh, sometimes things go wrong, even during the most passionate moments, and when you add canned whipping cream, it can be very erotic, except when dot, 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 when I was married, my husband and I used to enjoy the canned whipping cream thing. Having it licked off my nipples and clitoris was a turn on. On this particular night, he tried to squirt some in my butt. I must be honest when I say I do not enjoy anal sex, but I do like my butt licked and tongued just a little. So anal lingus, we call that. And I swear I felt the tip of the can in my butt, but did not feel anything come out. We were having what I would say was hot sex and we started to doggy. When I orgasm, uh, as you know, it is a release and even your butt is affected and the whipped cream that was in there came out. It was not a lot, I swear. I did not think anything was inside. It was all over his chest. I did not crap on him, but the whipped cream on him was not the same color as it is out of the can. An immediate shower and change of sheets was immediately required. I really love what you've done with the show. And some nights I just want to hug you for being so helpful to so many. Oh, that's sweet. Please tell the passion Pope I'm one of his fans and ask him, or perhaps, you know, why does he pick on Paris in poems when the view is on? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, thank you for that. Appreciate it. So in your relationship during this, the last 10, 11 months, has your relationship gotten better, worse, or stayed the same? I want to hear from you. 514 800, a couple of texts here, a great way to get through challenging and sometimes boring times is volunteer as a couple. Variety is the spice of life. Uh, yes. If you, if there are, uh, ways that you can volunteer, I think that's a, a beautiful, a beautiful thing. Uh, there are still plenty of organizations that need people to drive, pick up orders for people, drive food to people who can't leave their homes. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities. And I do think that that's a, a wonderful thing that you can do. Uh, 
I wonder if married long-term couples, if sex has become more frequent, the same amount and, or have people become more kinky because of the pandemic? That's a really great question that I don't think I can answer. I haven't really seen such a huge difference in sexual behavior. And part of that too, is that you, you would think, right, that couples are together uh, like all day, that maybe there'd be more sex or more time for that. The problem is, is with the stress from the outside, the pandemic stress, the unknowns, the, all the changes, the, the, the difference in work environment, all of this stuff also affects one's desire for, uh, for sex. So that can also, um, can also affect them, but that's a really good point. <laughs> Somebody wrote in uh, that from that story. Oh God, that sounds so gross. I knew it wouldn't be the same color. <sighs> Oh, a uh, relationship wasn't going great already, but it hasn't gotten worse. Okay. That's good. You may want to think about what you need to do to make the relationship better. Now might be a good time to start thinking about getting some, uh, some outside help as well. Uh, my relationship with my wife has been horrible during the pandemic. My relationship with my mistress during this same time has been amazing. Okay. I hope you're joking. Although I'm going to assume not. And, and the reason why is I've seen the studies where you would think that infidelity has gone down, but there has been an increase in people signing up to sites like, uh, uh Ashley Madison and, and sites for people who are looking to cheat. So I don't know how people are getting around it. I don't know how they're doing it. I am assuming some people are, are just doing it on like uh, connecting with others online and that's titillating enough. And maybe they think they're not doing anything wrong because they're not actually having sex. I don't know. I mean, if this is you, if you've also experienced this, uh, I want you to let us know. It's anonymous, so you can share whatever details you want. Uh, your name is not uh, known. But, you know, as you see, some people's relationships have have gotten to be more difficult. And during this, the lockdown and now the second lockdown, um, like being locked down with a partner can also like be a pressure cooker for, uh, for a relationship. If you think about it, right, it's under pressure and how we approach this time of isolation together, I think will determine if you will be stronger or if you're going to self-destruct when this is all over. I mean, it's, it's not hard to see how spending 24 seven with a partner can, can fray your nerves and, and make us m more irritable, right? Of course. Now you add the anxiety and stress we feel around everything else, like unemployment and isolation and uncertainties. And so there is obviously it's a recipe for disaster, potential. I, I want to say potential disaster. <clears throat> so but on the flip side, a crisis, especially one like this, that's like worldwide can certainly help us put life in, um, perspective. Maybe we start to realize how fragile 
short life is. And that maybe we realize we've been focusing on all the trivial things rather than the big picture. So what are some things you can do during these challenging times with your spouse? Let's look at some of the elements that can, where we can breed a little bit more uh, success. Obviously, the one thing we talk about a lot is communication, right? It's key to any good relationship. So talking openly about how you are feeling and listening with compassion, listening with compassion to how your partner is feeling. Maybe you're coping very differently with your stress and anxiety. So it's really important that you exercise patience and empathy and validate your partner's experience, even if it's not your experience. I get it. We don't all react the same to things, right? But this is really, really important. That word compassion must be written on everybody's forehead these days. I'm telling you. And practicing gratitude, something that is just healthy all around, right? Talking uh, with each other about what we are each grateful for, what we appreciate about each other. These things are really important. We'll talk about a few more. And also a New York Times article that talked about the new COVID-19 crisis, the domestic abuse um, crisis called intimate terrorism. So we'll talk about intimate terrorism as well coming up. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. We're talking about marriage in the time of Corona. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's affected. We're all in this, some affected more than others. A couple of texts here. Sex is definitely down. The kids are home all the time these days. Oh, and my teenager never sleeps. <laughs> I think you're not the only one here. I hear this time and time again. Our walls are too thin. Our kid's bedroom is right near. They stay up really late. There's no privacy. So yes, I, I'm kind of hearing that. Uh, quite a bit. I, I know one couple that, that literally they, they go to their, they have a, their entrepreneurs, they have an office like outside of, of their home. They both have, they meet up at the office to be able to hang out together and, you know, away, uh, away from, uh, from the kids. Another one writes, what's wrong with stool whip? <laughs> That's very cute. Uh, this not so, not so good. Unfortunately, my relationship came to an end during the pandemic. I don't think it came to an end because of the pandemic. It was just a question of a matter of time. I don't think the pandemic itself has caused couples to break up or to, uh, it, it's not the pandemic causing the problems. It's that when there are already, when the, when the, the, the ground is already shaky, that's when added external stress just puts more weight on the relationship and it becomes more difficult to cope. So if you think about if you have issues, but you know, you're, you're out of the house for let's say eight, 10 hours of, of the day, it's easier to put those, those issues on the back burner and, and just try and, 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 you know, 
kind of be nice during the few hours that you might have together. But when you're together 24 seven, that changes that dynamic quite a bit. So uh, once out the door, I rarely think of sex. Being confined, I am in co- in a constant state of arousal. It's like organic Viagra. Am I alone in this? Uh, that's interesting. I don't think you're alone in this. Uh, I'm hearing more people who are masturbating, watching porn more, uh, mostly out of boredom, uh, I think is one of the, the, the reasons. So I don't know if it's... Um, uh, it's, you know, where the arousal is coming from. It could be just more time to think about sex and less time uh, to be distracted, you know, with work and something, things like that. <laughs> Do they have a laundry room for a quickie? Ha ha, you're bringing in the stupid sex story <laughs> last night. Uh, you are so right, Lori. If nothing else, we all we all have come to realize how short and precious life is. Petty little problems we blow up into bigger things is just not worth it. As a single guy who has what you would consider a regular lover, we both discovered more about ourselves and each other. No one is perfect. I would not want to be with a perfect woman. How boring would that be? Uh, I've been with my boyfriend since I'm 17. He is 12 years older than me. We broke up five years ago after five years together because I fell for someone else. We got back together when that didn't last and decided to try to work out our issues. Since we've been back, I have been suffering with anxiety and depression, only had sex about five times in five years. We both have mutual love and respect, and because he is all I know, I'm always doubting my feelings when I think I should leave because I feel like I'm not in love, but I love him and love him being my partner. COVID has uh, definitely brought up these issues. Do you think this relationship is over? How do you know when to leave? It's scary because I don't want to make a wrong decision, but I do feel I need more and five years of trying has not worked. Well, have you, my question to you will be, have you tried with a therapist? That to me is really important. If you haven't been able to figure out your feelings and figure out why you've only had sex five times in the last five years and you haven't worked on this, then um, you have to start somewhere and that would be the place to start. Breaking up during a pandemic, I don't think is is the necessarily the best idea, unless you're in an abusive situation, of course, then that's a really uh, a different thing. But I urge you, urge you to get either couple counseling or, or counseling for yourself to figure it out because it might just be that you are staying in a relationship out of fear out of fear of being alone, out of fear of not having him in your life. Um, You know, the, and the whole issue of in love versus loving somebody, you, you can't stay in the in love stage forever. You grow into loving somebody deeply, but I'd want to know more. Like this is not enough details for me to assess a situation, but certainly the flag for me is we'd want to treat your anxiety and depression and try to figure out what's going on with the lack of uh, with the lack of sex, and how are you being treated in the relationship, and all of that. So these are those are all issues that I would want to know, uh, and and work uh, work to figure out. A friend that I have strong feelings for was supposed to move, but that changed because of COVID, and is still here. We started talking 
more. So friendships, yes, that has also certainly uh, done things. Just to clarify about the weight thing, so I don't sound too shallow. It that was an earlier uh, text. It's more because she didn't care versus the weight itself. Bigger is better. Not caring is not. I get it. It's a value thing. It's like if you you we have to continue to care about our health and to care uh, and to care about our attraction and attractability to our partner as well. You don't just give up. You with a, that's like taking a partner completely for granted, and that really. Uh, that really doesn't work. So we talked about some of the things we need to do. I think reframing, reframing this crisis and looking looking at it not so much as a burden, although yes, of course it's you know a burden, but also let's look at it as an opportunity, because really the only thing we have control over is how we respond, right? What we do about this in our own lives. You can't control when you're going to get the vaccine, when you're not going to get the vaccine, who's like, you. Just, there's so many things you can't control, but this, you can, how you, how you perceive something and how you like, what framework do you want to work with? Right. Uh, and it will change the way you feel also all of that. The other thing too, is, uh, a lot of people complain about like, they just don't have any space, like, you know, being with someone for, for so so long 24 seven sometimes is that you don't end up having space alone. Like, and if you live in a, a, a small space or a small apartment or a, a loft or a one, one bedroom place, it's very difficult to, um, to get that time. And when there's too much togetherness, it can actually breed contempt. So you need to discuss your need for space. Remember that it's not it's not my need to be away from you. It's my, it's just my need to be alone. Those are two very different things and it can really, uh, really help a texter who wants to weigh in on, on that situation that from the other texter for that girl, uh, 12 years younger, you are in an emotional trap. I live most of my life like that. Don't make the same mistake. I made make the, make an appointment with Lori, but first break off relationship that will open the door to the trap you are in and a professional will help you step out. I'm suggesting get the help first before making the decision, unless you're in an abusive situation. That's very, very, uh, different. Also that guy should not take his partner for granted. There are chubby chasers out there that might take his woman. Um, okay. That's a different, uh, again, different, different approach. Uh, so the New York times had published this whole big article on the, uh, the crisis, the, the, as somebody called it collateral damage and, and they called it, um, intimate terrorism, lockdown and intimate terrorism, terrorism. Unfortunately, violence in homes has become more frequent, more severe and more dangerous because of course, there's nowhere to go, right? There's no out. There's very few outlets, but please, there are, uh, you can still make reports. You can still, there are uh, hotlines you can, you can call. Uh, so there's help out there. I just wish I, you know, maybe I'll talk a little bit about it tomorrow 
during our Anything Goes show in case uh, people, um, you know, have have something or, or are suffering. I don't want I don't want to let leave them out of that. So. Uh, if there's anything you want to add, you can always send me an email to lori at drlori.com and I'll be happy to read it tomorrow night. Also, if you have a stupid or embarrassing sex story that you want to share instead of me searching the web for crazy things, uh, you can tell me your own crazy story and I will share it here. Of course, with complete anonymity. I promise you that. That's it for me. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you to Nicole Proano, our technical producer. Uh, send me your emails. You go to my website, drlaurie.com, where all of our past podcasts are also found on the Passion Radio tab. Uh, coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion.